0: Comes you got your fancy bulletin in the front here. Your sermon comes out of the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. If you were misinformed by getting an email, it said, John, uh, just excuse, that's the same guy, I can't get dates straight either. Uh, so let's go on here. This sermon is dedicated to Liz Moore. She's the beginning of the sermon here. Uh, let me explain why. In the summer... We were doing the Revelation Bible study, and we were discussing something. I don't remember the passage. And Liz popped up and said, "Am I doing enough?" Well, are you? That's between you and God. Thursday's Bible study. We we're in the book of Luke. We we're down the chapter into chapter two, and the end of chapter two, chapter chapter two, verse fifty-two. It says, "And Jesus returned home." And grew in stature and knowledge and wisdom and all these things there. And Liz brings up again, that's where I want to be. Amen. Is that not our goal in life is to grow in Christ and continue to grow? And, oh, the last one, and have favor with God. Is that not where we want to be? So that's why at the beginning of the sermon, that's, she got the introduction today. Praise the Lord for Liz. Uh... Moving on, our, our scripture reads, Luke chapter four, starting at verse 14. Then Jesus returned in power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out through all surrounding regions. and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had brought where he had been brought up, and his custom was he went into the synagogues on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And when he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim to the captures and recovering of the sight of the blind, and to, and, to, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of God for the people of God. The question is, Is that scripture still being fulfilled today? And if the answer is yes, because that's the only acceptable answer, who is to fulfill it? The church, is it not? Who is the hands and the feet of Christ? The church, we're the hands and the feet of Christ. And so we're to be the the hands and the feet of Christ. And so that scripture is applied to us today, goes along. The first is we need to understand that Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says in the last days that the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all the flesh, meaning men and women. That happened on the day of Pentecost. You have, as you were baptized, remember we've been kind of on this roll here with the baptism of Jesus and we're kind of going along in different things. If you have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, you've been healed. You've been you've been had Spirit. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that parted the, the Red Sea, the same Holy Spirit that has come and raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit we have seen throughout the Bible has been placed upon you and on me. How are we doing with the Holy Spirit, people? How are we doing with the Holy Spirit? And so Jesus says, and I love this verse here, He returned in the power of the Spirit. What is the chapter, what is this whole chapter started with, really? Jesus was baptized in the name of the Father. We were baptized by John, the Holy Spirit descended on him. God, this is my Son, I am well pleased. Jesus went to the desert, He went to the desert. 40 days without eating, he fasted for 40 days. He comes at the end of those 40 days, the Satan comes to tempt him. He overcomes Satan through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it says he returned in power. You know a boxer, a fighter, if you study some of the fighters and stuff in the world, you know, they don't start off the championship fight. they got to get knocked around a little bit by other people, and it's by being knocked around by the, young, the, the lesser is that they grow in stature, they learn, they, they go along, and they go along. And so when they get to the big fight, they are ready. Whenever Mike Tyson or, or Muhammad Ali, when they're fighting one of those big giants, they're ready. They're they have prepared themselves to this big fight. And they turn, they walk in that ring the power and the knowledge of knowing that they trained and they trained hard. Do we, are we in the power and the knowledge of God that we have trained? Do we have trained hard for the fight of the devil that's coming about us? We can see it. We see it with New York City. We see it with our church. We see it in our schools. We see it. We see it wherever we go. Are we ready for the fight, people? Are we ready for the fight? And here we go along. Jesus says, in the power of the Spirit, the church community... It's to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recover the sight of the blind, set the liberty to the oppressed, proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord. Matthew shortens this up by chapter 28, verse 18. He says, go. Go. Go out and make disciples. What's New York? We just talked about New York and the abortion law. What do they need? Where's Jesus at? Why is the church not appalled? Why is the church not standing up? If we really wanted to care about our church in in February, I was praying about this in February, when they go meet in St. Louis, wherever they're meeting for the general, the whole Methodist church traditional plan ought to be standing outside that door. No, we, us, we are a church like John Wesley, of one book, and that book is the Word of God. We should go to New York and say we are the people of one book. And that is the book of, of Jesus. And we can, go, we can go in the power of the Lord. Think about this in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. The power, was up, the power of miracles is upon Peter. Peter's walking. People believe so much in the power of Peter. And there's so much going on that they've lined the streets and known in faith if just his shadow would touch me. See, the Holy Spirit's already moving Communion. If the, If the power of, if this shadow touched me, I could be healed. Think about this. In Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 12, they were taking towels that Paul had wiped his hands on and given them to people. Because just Paul's touch, they gave these, these, these towels, that they would be healed. Man, I don't want that kind of power. I don't want to myself. I want it to glorify God, you know. I want to be part of a church that has that kind of power. That when people call, they know we're going to pray. And they know that God is going to act in their life. Not maybe, not so. But maybe if i got enough people praying for me. No, we get the body of Christ praying. And we will see the Holy Spirit move. Jesus came in power. That same power, I'm here, this is the good news people, that same power has been given to you and me. That same power has been given to you and me. What did Jesus do? He was 40 days fasting. When was the last time I'm going to speak a dirty word in the pulpit, people? we going to start with F. When was the last time you fasted? I would have to say, I mean, I'm just as God was saying of that too. Uh, we, need to practice. we need to get back into that practice. The church needs to get back into the practice of fasting. And we're going to do something over Lent with fasting. Uh, so we need to get back in that because there is power. Everybody I've talked to, every church I've talked to, every book I've read, when the church fasted, they become more powerful. So we're going to get back into that. Uh, Jesus overcomes the temptation of the devil. He returns and... He goes there. Uh, what was the last time, the last time somebody said, that person there, man, they are just filled with the Holy Spirit. They walk in the power of Jesus. Probably none of us has really been said that about us. Everybody says, well, that's a godly man or that's a godly woman. Oh, they need to go to church. I know they do a lot. But when was the last time they recognized that, man, because of our, what we believe, we have the power of And so how do we get that? How do we get that? And that's going along. We talked about on Thursday night, so you need to come to the crazy Bible studies we have because half the time we are off track. But those are some of the best conversations. How do we get the sermon today? Not so much the whole sermon, but the introduction today. Because Liz, we were off track. We were off track. And we got talking about D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody Institute, it's up in Chicago. And so I've done a little bit of reading about D.L. Moody back in the 1800s. Uh, he built this institution, and one of the things I was sharing, he was powerful, powerful in miracles. He wasn't so much a really good read-well, a bright man, but he was a rich man, gave everything he had to, to start this institute, and that everything he had, every ounce of money he had, went to build this institute, to build prayer warriors. Uh, one of the, we listened, there. He's on, his institute still on the radio. Uh, one of the things, I shared this, and you've got to kind of read into it, into the... And to the story, if you get online and read about uh, D.L. Moody, that when you were there and you were going to, to graduate, you had to perform, you had to have two people healed. You had to fast and pray that somebody was healed. Boy, let me tell you what, after the third day, I bet your prayers really get about it, don't they? The second day or the first day. What if I said, none of us can eat until Rachel's healed? Y'all were going to think, I wish I wouldn't skip breakfast. But that is where the power comes in. That's where the power comes in. And so I've come up, and I know there's other great preachers out there. John Wesley, Whitfield, Calvin, Martin Luther, D.L. Moody, Spurgeon, Billy Graham, and my favorite, Mother Teresa. She's not really a preacher. But she was a powerful person in there. And there's others. There's other lists of powerful preachers. But those preachers are kind of in this revival stage of England and America. And they had seven habits. All of them had something. I went and studied them all. And I've studied them all before. And they had seven habits. Seven habits that they followed. All of them had the same common seven habits. Then some of them had others. But I just kept the seven common. Number one. Fully, fully surrendered to God. So let's bring that one up real quick. How surrendered to God are you? I need somebody right now to drop what you're doing. There is a homeless man in a BP station in Willacoochee. Somebody needs to get in their car right now and go preach the gospel to him. Oh, by the way, stop by the ATM or still somewhere. You can pick up a $1,000 and just give it to them, blind faith. Who's sold out? Who's going with me? What? Okay, there, there, there's, we're sold out to one point. Who here, God has said, God has said, so everything you got, buy a ticket to Iran. You're going to take a while to get to Iran because we can't fly from here to there. And get on the Baghdad streets and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you want to see how far a surrender to God is? Oh yeah, God, I follow you! Whatever you say I'll do, accept. I won't give a thousand dollars to somebody. Well, that's a sketchy person. I won't, I won't tell him about the good news. All of a sudden, we're more worried about our safety and our... And that's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm with you guys. I'm not talking bad about you and saying, I'm, I'm just great. You tell me to go to... God tells me to go to Iran. We're going to have to have a long prayer meeting, you know? I mean, I'm just, I'm just with you here. I'm just more or less talking about myself. We're not totally surrendered out to God because we have put limits on God. So For some, it's further down the road than others, but they're there. I'm talking about God telling you to do something, not... Well, I better just start giving $1,000 to all the poor. But you know, without a shadow of a doubt, God said, Do this. How surrendered are you? See that surrendering totally to God? Step one. Well, I mean, first, step one is believe in Jesus. That's obviously. Number two, they were known for their prayers. These were men and women of prayer. Mother Teresa, I love Mother Teresa's stories. Mother Teresa gave up, rich and fame, her parents were were well-to-do, and prayed. I mean, and she went to Calcutta, and she saved, because everybody deserves to die in dignity. And she gave up of herself, and she fasted and prayed, fasted and prayed. Have you ever seen that woman on TV? She was a skinny little thing. Mother Teresa, all of them were that way. John Wesley, he wrote in his journals in his last days, in his 80s, that he was upset with himself. Because he can no longer get up at four o'clock in the morning and spend two hours in prayer, not reading the Bible, just in solid prayer. When's the last time somebody here, including me, Larry, I'm not pointing my fingers at you and saying you're bad people. It's all, just point all the ways together because I'm the same way. When's the last time we even spent more than fifteen minutes in prayer? Uh, number three, these people were deep. And practical students of Scripture. Deep and practical students of Scripture. They didn't go off on some tangent or something else. I kind of do that at times. But they studied and studied the Word of God. And they applied it to their life. Too many times in the world today of Christianity, all of us are going to be guilty, myself included. I like all those Scriptures except that one. I like them all, but that one over there, I mean, God, you know, and we kind of just gloss over it when we read it, we kind of push it away, and of course the preacher, we don't really want to preach on it, uh, or when the church would not want the preacher to preach on it. The fifth thing they had was a freedom from the love of money. I don't know about all of them, but John Wesley, John Wesley was paid by the state because of just how they worked preachers back then, and, and he was an pre- Anglican priest, even though he was kicked out of the church, he still got paid. By the state. And of course, he went around, he got paid by other things. John Wesley set a cap on what he would live on. And, he, and that's all he lived on. He gave everything else away. John Wesley says, in one of the three rules earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. That was one of the three, of the three rules of John Wesley. That, those aren't the three rules. That's one rule out of, a, out of the three. The first one is do no harm. That's the second rule. And we go along John Wesley believed everybody needed to work hard so they could give to God. Everybody needed to work hard so they could give to God. That was your purpose of having a job, that was your purpose of working, that was your purpose of an income, that was your perfect your purpose of all this was so you could turn the money around and glorify God with it. Boy, is that not changed in our states today. You know, you look at the people that are not working at all. <clears throat> number six. And they were, boy, this is, this is going to be a number one here. Uh, consuming passion for the lost. They were driven because people were lost. D.L. Moody started his whole ministry because of the lost. John Wesley went out and preached in the, in the ditches. He went out and preached in the bars. He went out and preached all those other places. Whitfield was with him. Calvin was with him. Martin Luther was his... Uh, uh, the, the loss, he thought the Catholic Church was leading people astray. Uh, almost like the Methodist Church today, but the Catholic Church leading people astray, and he wrote the 95-page page, page thesis, and he goes along there. Uh, all of them, Billy Graham. Billy Graham made the great revivals for what purpose? For the loss. Billy Graham brought in millions and millions of dollars, and yet him and his wife Sarah lived a humble life on just a mere normal income that you and I would have. All that money was turned back around and invested in to saving the lost. Uh, of course, Mother Teresa, you know, somebody gave Mother Teresa a Rolls-Royce because they thought that woman needed to drive around in class and style. It was in America. I think it was a Rolls-Royce. It might have been a Lincoln Continental Cadillac or whatever. And do you know what she did before she got on the airplane to go back? She sold it and took the money and, and used it for the poor in Calcutta. Uh, the number seven, which I had a hard time placing this where where to put it in, it might have been number one, because we just discussed this. They knew the power of their baptism. And I think that's where, and I was talking to a guy yesterday, I think that's where we're messing up in life. We were not just a ritual, we were not just given a ritual upon our baptism. And we need to get we need to get beyond that. Well, I come to church and I was baptised. I don't care if you were sprinkled, poured, or dunked. I don't care how it is because it's not the person who baptized you and it's God. And God baptized you to be his child in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has sealed you with the Holy Spirit for his power to go out and glorify his Son that will glorify the Father in the world today. Amen. And so we got to go along. Do we understand what God has given us, the power God has given us? We are weak today as a church, as a collective of churches, because number one, I was thinking of this today because something going on in the Lapa Hall with the community in the Lapa Hall celebration or the Passion Play. Well, this pastor and church don't want to do this. This pastor and church don't want to... You know what? As long as we stay divided as Christians, we will never be powerful. As long as we cannot agree on the principles of God that Jesus Christ died for all people, he went to Hades and he rose again, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, that he has sent the Holy Spirit to all Christians, regardless of your denomination or what you believe. Uh, I guess what you believe is important, but all, all the denominations. If we don't understand that power that we have in unity, one accord, we will continue to be weak. As long as we don't hold this Bible, as the true Word of God, up as valuable and errant scripture, we will continue to be weak. And so to be strong, we must come together and unify together. We want God's power. I want it like losing weight. Think about this. I'm not talking about anybody else but myself. I could really use to lose 40 to 80 pounds, which is cuts the chase. Man, you know what? You know what? I, if you could give me a pill to take every day to lose weight, man, I'd be in there. If you could give me something to, where I didn't have to go to the gym, there was no pain, there was no time or no hassle involved, I'd be there. Sign me up. I might even be willing to pay a little bit of money for that. But do you know how you lose weight? Anybody? Don't go to glory, number one. <laughs> Don't join the glory 40 club. It's not even 15 anymore. It's joy 40. Eat less, move more. There is no other solution to lose weight, eat less, move more. You've got to burn more calories than you put in. A lot more calories than you put in. The bigger we are, the more we got to burn. Uh, and, And so that's the only way. Becoming a powerful prayer warrior for God, there's no trick to it, people. There's no special formula. There's no special book to read. I can read all these promises of God. I can stand on the scriptures. There's nothing else but hard work, belief in Jesus. You need to become a student of the scriptures. I mean, I summed it up in one word, obedience. You need to be obedient to God. You know, I'm going to put my plug in for Sunday school and Bible study. And I know Bible study. I'm not here because I had to walk back. I forgot my purse last Sunday and I had to come back and get it. <laughs> uh, but unlike Butch, mine matched my outfit. I'm working on Butch. But so, <laughs> but so on that is... So if I get to hear part of Harold's. I know Harold does a great job. I know he studies hard. He asks questions sometimes, and, and it goes along there. If you're not going to a Bible study, and I'm not saying every Sunday, but if you're not going to a Bible study, you're not in a personal Bible study of any kind, how are you ever going to go stature with God? If you don't know this word, how can you quote this word? Well, the Holy Spirit will tell me. Well, the Holy Spirit will give you back what you have put in. <laughs> Those who I know that are prayer warriors of Scripture. How many? I'm not one to memorize Scripture very well, but it's the funniest thing. At the right moment, I can quote, quote Bible verse, chapter, Bible verse, and everything else. It's Holy Spirit, but I have studied. I was up at six o'clock in the morning. What was I doing? Reading Scripture. Just reading and reading and reading and reading and reading, reading. Study, 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 constant life of reading and studying scripture. Why? To be the best preacher possible, to be the best prayer warrior possible, to be the best that I can be, possibly be in the power of God. Obedience. And I'm not the best obedient person, by the way. Jesus demonstrates all these qualities in obedience is fulfilled in communion. All of it is fulfilled in communion. When Jesus sat there and said is the Father knew the kind of death that he would die. This is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which is out for you for the forgiveness of sins. His obedience gives us the power we need to live life and to glorify God. Let us pray. Dear Lord Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless this bread. We ask you to bless this juice to be your body and your blood for us. Forgive us of our sins that has already been forgiven on that day on Calvary. That we may be students of your scriptures, we may be obedient to your words, and we may be faithful in all that you have called us to do. And Lord, we ask you this in the power of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 If Jeff and Harold comes up first and I'm going to ask Butch and Kathy to do the other. Do we got gluten free bread? There we go. go. If you would serve. Where's Mama at? Today, sir, Butch and Kathy will have the gluten-free or the shorter line. Uh, Feel free to come when you're ready come up for communion. I'm going to stand to the side if you want prayer for anything this is the time.